right now, this is as good as they've had it for a while. They've like right. got a good team. They're ranked. Everything's kind of moving. They have the momentum of the, the, the good bowl win last year. Things are going in the right direction for them. And you're getting a Georgia team who, while obviously good, the number three team in the country, is not yet the machine. It will be the next time that they get Georgia at home. This is not a guaranteed victory. More often than not, the Georgia football team starts off the season with a win. Sometimes it's over a formidable opponent like Clemson in 2014 or North Carolina in 2016. And other times, like last weekend versus Austin P, it's over a completely outclassed and overmatched glorified scrimmage opponent. But then comes week two. And like last year with Notre Dame, it's an immediate woe. How certain are we as fans that the dogs will be 2-0 to start the year after this weekend? What happens if they lose this game? Can UGA still be a contender in the SEC? Or more importantly, does one loss knock Georgia out of the college football playoff? And here we are. The 24th ranked South Carolina Gamecocks in Columbia looms large as Georgia's next opponent. And as fans, we're pretty sure the dogs have the better talent, the better coach, and the better team. But strange things have happened at Williams-Brice Stadium in past seasons to derail Georgia's path to the SEC and national glory. What will happen this week? Well, the three of us are here to break it down for you. Hey there, my name is Scott Duvall, and you are listening to episode 145 of the Waiting Since Last Saturday podcast. My co-hosts, Will Leach and Tony Waller, join me to share our thoughts on this pivotal, on this pivotal SEC matchup. I'm going to leave that in. It's a big game. The guys and gals at ESPN are talking about it. CBS has tabbed it as their national broadcast. And in order to maintain their number three ranking, the dogs will have to answer the bell and be ready to withstand all that the Gamecocks and their fans are going to give them. And thanks for tuning us in this week. Heads up for the audio. We did have some technical difficulties with the file, but with a little bit of engineering, I think it came out okay. Here's Will and Tony to get us started. So when you were last listening to us, I assume... um, Scott Miller hanging up on me. And even though you're listening to a Georgia podcast, I think it bears, it's worth talking about the two things that happened in Florida on Monday, or one happened in Houston on Sunday, and then Jerry World. Florida, our, our, our Dallas, and, and of course the LSU Miami game. If watching Florida lose to Pittsburgh, I mean Miami lose to Pittsburgh last year was cathartic, this was almost like PTSD for Georgia fans. And, and I, I don't. I don't, I don't say that to make light of. I literally was getting, like, it hurt my feelings to watch that game because after, after Coach O used all his timeouts, I kind of knew what was going to happen. And to be fair, LSU got a lot of breaks. They made a lot of breaks, but whew, Mark Rick needs a punter, just for starters. And I think the worst thing that could have happened was Malik Rogier hit those, um, those two long passes right off the bat, and suddenly they kept going back and back and back and back to that well, and it just wasn't there. I think the producers of the show were upset because they couldn't show Michael Irvin getting so excited on the sideline anymore because he was jacked up after those two completions. They didn't score, but they were two completions, and he was getting excited about it. Well, I think it's kind of the thing with Miami, right? This is the year that everything was landing right for them. All they had to do was win this game, and now now you got to worry, and you got to wonder. And listen, we PTSD, I get it. I understand that, but I I will say... um, I feel like there is the type of person that, particularly how well things are going with Georgia right now, that looks at this and says, ha, 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 Mark Richt is, uh, prepare the bleep that they're a heart. 
Yeah, like that's, that's right. That's right. Like they are like they are the type of people that uh, that uh, heckle McCain's funeral. Like, yeah. like in all honesty, like I'm glad Mark Rick isn't the coach anymore. We both legislated that. That's all over. We all we all get that. But I don't, I don't see how him struggling in Miami does anything for you as a Georgia fan at all. Yeah. Uh, and uh, unless you're worried that oh man, I don't want to face him in a playoff and have all of that. And that's that's obviously not why people were doing that. So no. I feel like that is like let's act like we've been there before. <laughs> it's both <laughs> were. Yeah, like literally just last year. And uh, whatever, Miami is, regardless of who the coaches are, Miami is not Georgia. Like, it's a tougher job. There's a lot of other stuff going on. And then there's not, not as big of a fan base. It's just a different thing. And Rick is also, like, you know, for the, the same thing that we can say, hey, Kirby's getting his people in there. Rick's getting his people in there. So the, the response to that. Ah, uh, look at Margaret. I, I don't understand it, and it's definitely not right. I think that was the minority of I think it was, but they're there. Yeah, I'm sure. I didn't see much of it. Yeah. Mostly what I saw were from Georgia fans going, oh, we've seen this a bunch before, yeah. Yeah. right? And that was the part that was, that was frankly, panic-inducing to me is I just, one, I heard for Coach Rick, yeah. right? The other part was I, – and you just knew how that was going to go after a certain point, or really early in the game. I say really early, first quarter, uh, sometime late in the first quarter. You knew how that was going to go, and it was just like there's nothing left to do other than just watch the train wreck happen. And it was hard, but it was predictable. Yeah, you know, you thought you were going to get that turnover chain out early in the first quarter, and then LSU bumbles the next play. They have to call a timeout, one of the many timeouts. Then replay initiates a review. And they get the safety kicked out because he targeted the it player. Targeted. It was, it was, but they were about to get away with it. Yeah, that was a huge swing early. Uh, um, yeah, LSU got the ball back either way, but the targeting thing took probably their their certainly their best um, defensive back out uh, play for the rest of the game. So is it setting up on uh, last week when you were speaking? If LSU was ranked by the time that we played them, you'd be a whole lot more worried. Are you kind of edging towards that? I know it's still early, but that's all we have to work with is one game. Well, if, if you work on the one game theory, yes, um, LSU got a fair number of breaks. Uh, first off, Miami punter averaged I think negative seventeen yards <laughs> punt. It's easy to score when you're starting at your own fifty. What was your opinion on Joe Burrow? Um, serviceable. I mean, he. Doesn't scare you though. He well, he does scare me. He is capable, uh, and they have the tools. The other thing is, it's like you know, I, I, I mean, I haven't openly made fun of Insminger, but man, he was making all the right calls. I mean, just the that run play when Miami was being so aggressive on the edges. It basically was the same play that we ran with Swift and against Auburn. Uh, that was the the final touchdown in the SEC championship game. Very similar play. Basically, you you get those edge rushers to overcommit. You pull a guard and push a, a, a fullback or H back through the hole. Um, all things work out the way they should, and they did. It's like you have a fullback on a linebacker and you have a guard on a safety with a guy running free from the backfield, and that's exactly what happened. You do have to give LSU some credit there. They look like the better coach team. They did. Um, now, am I willing to say that they are that they are a, a team that is going to walk through the West except for maybe Alabama? No. I, I still think they have some things that they've got to fix. But Burrow looks certainly looks serviceable um, in a way that they haven't had that since maybe maybe from that part. So and that Auburn game in a couple of weeks all of a sudden huge, huge. Really interesting. 
Yeah, and also I didn't look at the ticket prices because I got my tickets last week, but I'm kind of glad I got them last week because I have to assume the prices went up. Oh, sure, sure. Um, so I think it's telling, too, because I actually – you can make an argument that maybe two of the more interesting games happened after Saturday. I didn't really feel like this was an incredible college football opening Saturday. I didn't think – the Thursday games were not very good at all. Uh, the Saturday games were kind of – there was – I mean – It's just Penn State, App State was yeah, the only compelling and, game. And Auburn-Washington, which was kind of compelling. But, but it didn't really feel yeah, like, yeah. I, I, I do want to talk about that again in, in a minute. So, but Yeah, like, so it, it feels like the opening week of the college football season was fun. It was we're all happy it's back. But I think with the combination of how hot that Michigan-Georgia yeah. game was and how there weren't any like major upsets – and there weren't even the, that big game was a good game, but not like electrifying things stretch the imagination. I feel like now it feels I feel like I'm not quite ready for the Georgia South Carolina game. I want a little bit more of a warm up for it because it feels like a really huge game happening with that. So we talked about Miami, who was ranked in the top ten, losing an early tough you know out of conference matchup, and then we saw last night Virginia Tech. There was an ACC game, but they put it on Florida State. What is your opinion uh, for Georgia this year? They opened with a cupcake, and then they have a tough game. Instead of opening with a tough game and then having a cupcake, how would you rather have it? I mean, it depends. I'd rather them open with Clemson rather than open with – if you have a tough game, open with a huge game mm-hmm. rather than open with a – at South Carolina, which is a super tough game, but it's not – Nationally, everyone's watching that game. Right. They will be watching Clemson. I was going to say Virginia, but that's not. That's just that's just the other game in Atlanta. But uh, like that's kind of what I mean is, you want if you're going to have a first big game, get everybody really fired up for it, as opposed to what this game is, which is tricky. Like this is the thing with the South Carolina game, right? Just if we were doing talent to talent, I think. You know, if, if Missouri, Missouri's going to be right, example, Vanderbilt, if we, there's one of those really good Vanderbilt teams that's as good as South Carolina is right now, I don't know if we have this feel of like, uh, comes the schedule, or if, or if the schedule I had at Alabama later this year. But when you look at the Georgia schedule and you look at Georgia's history with South Carolina, it feels ominous in a way that I'm glad there was a get out the kinks. Um, get that out of the way kind of game beforehand because it almost would feel too much. Listen, they're going to be hyped up in mm-hmm. South Carolina, say the very least, but I feel like at least now, Justin Fields has got a game, got a game under his belt. Some of these guys have, have got a game under the belt, uh, as opposed to everything starting right there. Well, I mean, App State last year, last year was not like the big bad, you know, right into Sanford Stadium and give you all you can handle game that, that he made it out to be. <laughs> yeah. And we had a pretty big game on the road last year in a place I would say is as, as tough to play. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you're right. The one thing I would say you're right about here is that this game is, first off, a little a little low-key. I think there's going to be a lot of national media because a lot of people have, almost in a way that people in the past have picked Auburn or LSU as contrary to pick in the SEC West, they've picked South Carolina yeah. because, you know, well, if it's not Georgia – who would it be? Florida's not there yet. Florida's not there yet. Yeah, yeah. Tennessee Day. And no one ever wants to pick Missouri. Missouri does have right. I think Missouri was good. I yeah, think, I agree. I think the the thing about it to me when we start looking at on um, big picture narrative stuff, Georgia played in big games all last year, uh, especially the later guy in the season. But they they acquitted themselves in probably the biggest road game they had until November um, 
very well. And that, that part doesn't concern me. It would put it this way. It would be a surprise, a really big surprise if we go over there and don't look prepared. Now, that doesn't mean things can happen or whatever, and we'll get into game analysis in a minute. But the, the thing that does not concern me about this is the talent level in the coaching. That also leads to another interesting thought I've been tossing around is how does it construct or how do we construct the narrative if Georgia does really well this week and how how well the coaches hand, hand, handle a team that clearly could be literally set on cruise control. So you're saying if, if they go in there and just smoke them, right. how do you handle that going right. forward? Then you have North Tennessee State, and then you have to go up against a Missouri team that could light them up all on the road again, right? We have to go to the actual decent Columbia in the, in the, in the conference. Yes, so the nice to the cool. The really nice Columbia as opposed to the dime store, dollar store, <laughs> Mad Max Columbia. Yes. Um, so, Mad Max Columbia. Dude, that place is – I mean, even South Carolina fans will tell you that, no, the stadium is – it's inside the stadium is – the atmosphere is loud, and that is purely because they pump in all electronica the whole game. Um, <laughs> it's like Guantanamo. It is. <laughs> it is actually like Guantanamo. I've never been to a game there. So, Ex- uh, except for, you know, you, you, get, you get waterboarded more. And you get, yeah. yes. um, how do you feel about it being back early in the schedule versus how it has been recently at times where it's late in the schedule. Do you still, do you subscribe to the part where you like playing them later because you, South Carolina has given up hope by then? Actually, I like stealing hope from them. Um, (laughs) You have to play them. It doesn't matter to me. Like us losing over there, um, how many ever times it was. And, And yes, Georgia teams have struggled there. Will, I would say that it's a different regime, and it's early to say that Kirby Smart teams are struggling yeah. there. But I will say that it is a hard place to play because it does get loud. Tickets are hard to come by. There are a lot of Georgia people going, but it won't be like even like it will be at LSU. Well, that's what Kirby mentioned in his press conference. Someone asked him like, "How does they, how does he compare game two from last year to yeah. this year?" And yeah. he was like, whoa, "Whoa, hold on. Yeah. Yeah. We're not going to have half the stadium yeah. like we did at Notre Dame." Right. That's, right. <laughs> that's a, what, a, what a statement that is. That, but, but it's actually yeah. it's true. Yeah. And you know, the, the atmosphere at, at Willie Bryce is going to be different than it was at Notre Dame Stadium. And they, and they are like hyped. It's also worth noting, obviously they're hyped. But if South Carolina is ever going to get Georgia, it's probably now, right? And, and not because this Georgia team is bad, or that, that, but South Carolina is coming off a great year. They've got a lot of guys back. They've got a lot of momentum. Georgia is still, while obviously looked great against Austin B last week, is still. Transition makes it sound like going, there's something wrong with them, like right. the number three team right. in the country. But clearly, they are a team that is transitioning out of the regime fully and now into the current regime. In a couple years, this thing is going to be fired in a way that South Carolina, as good a job as much champ as, as, as they will be able to keep up. Do they're just not going to be able to keep up? This is the time, right? Like this is the way. That they would. This is the way you'd have to do it: is to have a, get a team at home, get them early in the year, get that kind of transition where they don't know who the leaders are, the, the leaders on the team are, and you get a hyped crowd that's out of control. Listen, I don't think South Carolina give away, but like I think South Carolina's going to win this game. But if you're a South Carolina fan, this is your chance to win this game because it's going to get harder next year because you're on the road. It's going to get harder in two years because Georgia's going to have another two years of. 
stacking recruiting on top of recruiting on top of recruiting. And then South Carolina, as great a job as he does, they just, they're, they're not going to be able to handle that the same way that Mississippi State can't handle that for Alabama. Could you draw a similarity between how we felt in 2015 when Bama came to town? If you're going to get him, that's the time to get him. I think the better uh, analogy is uh, during all the Florida transition immediately after Spur after Spurrier, but before Urban, is when we this had okay. right. This is okay. That's exactly right. And we dropped the ball. Right. That is probably the one thing that people held against Coach Rick for the longest time was that you you still couldn't dominate Ron Zuck. Obviously. To be clear. We are not saying this Georgia era is a Ron Zook era. No, no, no. What I'm saying is from South Carolina's perspective, you've got – right now, this is as good as they've had it for a while. Like right. You've got a good team. They're ranked. Everything's kind of moving. They have the momentum of the, the, the good bowl win last year. Things are going in the right direction for them. And you're getting a Georgia team who, while obviously good, the number three team in the country, is not yet the machine it will be the next time that they get Georgia at home. That part of their hangout hope songs, they have the best offensive player they've had since Marcus Lattimore um, in um, uh, Debo Samuel. But you know what's interesting is that you do. That's all I've heard about this week from Kirby and anybody writing about it is Debo Samuel. In my opinion, we've got three or four Debo Samuels. Maybe, maybe. But what we what we don't have is is a kind of experience. I mean. For, He's a junior or senior, right? Terry Godwin, he is not not Samuel. Samuel I'm talking speed-wise. Sure, speed-wise, yeah. But he's a – I'm trying to think. How big is he? Talent-wise. Raw talent-wise. How big big is he? Is he big? I I couldn't tell you what his uh, stats are. He's 6'1". Yeah, Yeah. Uh, it's it's not uh, like he's like this incredible – but he's he's incredible talent. But he's also – like he's been there for a while. Like this is the peak version of him. Yeah. It's hard to look at George's offense now. Obviously, they have tons of talent. I don't know if they have – like he is—is is he like Alshon Jeffrey? Think of him as their offense is Roquan, like the guy that okay. like is peaking and at the absolute maximum of his abilities. Now Georgia may have that guy in a couple of years, and maybe those guys are coming. Maybe that guy is Swift next year. But right now, this is—they've got that superstar at the peak of his powers. Now, in a way that Georgia may have three or four guys that are just as talented as him, but they don't like he's their dude. Like he's. Yeah, the, he got injured last year, broke his leg, and in the first couple games that he played, they were literally clocking him with a radar gun saying that he was running like 24 miles an hour returning kicks. Yeah, the thing, the thing Back about when people return kicks. That's, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> uh, the, the thing, though, that everyone seems to base it on is Jake Bentley's return. I mean, he did start two games. I don't know if you know this. He started as a true freshman his entire freshman year. Now, that's the first time that's ever been done. No team has ever done that before. Yeah, it's like magic. It's magic that you start a true freshman all season. I don't. Is that what Will Muschamp talks about? No, it's national media, dude. <laughs> um, no, Will Muschamp talks about anonymous sources. That's what Will Muschamp talks about. Oh, well, there's that, too. We're doing this for America. Uh, so, you know, I, I, look, I get where they're coming from, but Will's absolutely right that this is a. Um, this is a, an excellent opportunity for them to step up and control the East uh, because you know, also their schedule is sets up fairly nicely for them um, as far as what, you know, versus our schedule because it you know, looks like we do have to play a much tougher LSU than we thought. Um, or at least I oh, there's still time. Right. I mean, but, they lost to Troy, I think, yeah, week three last year. Play, uh, I, what, 
what I think will be a, a decent Auburn team, although I'm still not still not sold on them. Um, after like the whatever, if LSU would have lost that game yesterday, we'd be like, oh, we'll coast it. Like you got to think about that game now. You got to really got to think about. No, that. I agree. I agree. I mean, you probably need to think about it anyway. Yeah. Now you definitely. Agree. But that is that's also what a lot of their hopes are, are hanging on. Um, the the schedule sets up nicely for them. If they beat Georgia, and they have them at home, and they have. Some returning players, including a couple of good skill players. This, this is the magic of SEC football, right? It's yeah. Like you, you put your schedule like you. I mean, whenever people put the preview magazines together, talent is fifty percent of the way to make predictions, and schedule is the other fifty percent. Right. And this is the South Carolina schedule year. Like this is the way that Auburn's was last year. Oh yeah. It, like you, this is their year where they have the shot. Next year they're going at Georgia, and it's going to be and Florida is going to be better, and Tennessee's probably going to be better. That's another factor to this. Is it's the way? Remember the year was it? Uh, I guess it was, was it two years ago when you, when Kentucky got Georgia at home, and if they would have won that game, the, the field would have, would have cleared for them in the SEC East. Mm-hmm. Like that's what South Carolina has schedule wise this year. Yeah, I mean they get they have A and M at home. They get Ole Miss on the road. Ole Miss look pointsy. <laughs> they look pretty good. Um, uh, no, Luke's a character. Yeah, he's, he's a a character. he was a lot of fun. He, he was a lot of fun. fun. And I, yeah, I do I do hate it for those of you that, that like Texas heads coach because he wears his khakis really well. But uh, that dude fired. Yeah, he's fired. It's, it's kind of a bad weekend for khakis. Yeah, khakis didn't turn out great for khakis. Um, but you know, looking at the actual breakdowns, you know they. I, I saw some analysis on making a big deal about what South Carolina did to Coastal Carolina, and they just brushed off Georgia's. And Georgia played Austin P. Right? Mm-hmm. You know, they're they're both FCS. I think Coastal's now FBS. Are they now in the Sun Belt? I think so. All right. Yeah. Well, I guess I guess we played them there were FCS. You, right? you Chad to check that out. I'm not yeah, sure. Chad. Get on that. Um, but no, that was that Why was. Why is Chad crying? He always cries. He's yeah. not. He's not well. Not he's so, got his. Uh, he's got his not for nothing shirt on. He does have his not for nothing shirt on <laughs> in his mouth. That's not. A, he's just shaved that in his chest. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's foreshadowing. That is foreshadowing. Um, so the, but they put up the summer stats. You know, they made a big deal about Jake Bentley's whatever stat his stats were. I went back and compared. From and Fields both had. Um, they had really comparable stats as far as yardage, as far as completion, as far as completion rate. Um, and South Carolina still had a foot on the gas late in the third quarter. I mean, they, 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 they scored a passing touchdown from Bentley with about two minutes left in the third quarter. Of course, by then, Georgia and uh, Kerry Smart and Will Healy were discussing ways they could shorten the game that didn't make ESPN mad. Um, so It was really kind of amazing when you take a step back from it and realize yeah. that this was a nationally televised game yeah. on the ESPN, the mothership, and they all said, let's just, can we just, like, yeah. like check with them and see how many commercials they've got left. Yeah, we go yeah let's figure out a way to work their Well, and, and we did find out who our third-string quarterback is. Yes. Not Matthew... Something. Yeah, number 17. Yeah, number 17. That's it. It's probably fourth, though. Yeah. Prather, he's also, a little known fact about Prather, he is also a triple star, backup star, uh, star defender. Um, he's so ever, he's he can't. I think he may be a three-point specialist for Tom Green this year. So what are you looking at, like, on the lines of scrimmage? You know, our offensive line versus their defensive line or vice versa? Any of the specialty players, you know, the backs? I mean, just what kind of pops in your mind is the one thing that Georgia fans need to watch when it shows up at 3.30 on Saturday on CBS? 
The first thing is that our offensive line has to be better on interior runs. And we, and we knew – Well, that first quarter against Austin P, you're yeah, kind of looking around like yeah, there's did, no push. We a lot of push. Um, they do have a decent-sized defensive line. Um, but Jadavia and Clowney's not walking through that door. Clowney's not walking through that door. Now, that doesn't mean they can't own the interior line. And look – Like Isaiah Wynn is also not walking through that's, that's door. He's true. not walking through the Patriots' door either, yeah, unfortunately. Um, so, you know, the, the, the thing would be that the real interesting thing for us to watch is how creative Cheney has to get. Um, you know, we, we spent a lot of last year out of necessity early and then really out of we didn't have to late of, of keeping it pretty bland, right? We didn't run a lot of sideline patterns to match over fades until we got into the Rose Bowl until we got the national championship game. Um, we saw glimpses of it, but we didn't really get fancy with the offense. We just we did a lot of simple runs, a lot of simple passing plays. Like it was so simple that the draw to Swift or the sweep to Swift yeah. was the crazy thing they did to switch it up. Yep. Because you exactly. had all those guys going up underneath there. And now I, I don't mean to interrupt, but I know I keep quoting Seth Emerson stories all the time, but he had a great piece this week about like should Georgia steer into the skids when it comes to speed? Because it's all that because they're running up the middle is what we think is what we think of Georgia, right? Yeah. So we think of Georgia, it's what we think of Alabama, it's what we think of all the like that's the plan. But Georgia has the talent to play like a big twelve team. Like that is kind of yeah. what they offensively, are. Offensively, offensively. Offensively, offensively, yes. Yeah, sorry, sorry, I didn't need to be past teams. <laughs> but uh, but offensive offensively, yes. But I have to say one thing to worry about with South Carolina is that's actually like they're they're gonna get pushed up the middle. Like that is actually their strength. Is the defensive line? Not that I don't think the offensive line can handle it, but it's worth. I, it's curious to do to do the line them up against their guys and just knock them over. Is I'm curious if if that will be the strategy because I think I feel like that's what they would like the strategy to be. I don't know if that's actually what it should be. Well, and I think it actually could be exactly that, and that's kind of where I was going. It's, I don't, I'd be very surprised. I, look, I look for this to be one of those games where we're at halftime. I'm like, ooh, this is a lot closer than we need it to be. And it turns out to not even be that way at the end of the game. So you're saying 2017 Missouri when you were frantically texting uh, maybe, me. Maybe, maybe. But Missouri, I think Missouri is actually a more dynamic offense than South Carolina is. And frankly, Are we going to start crockpotting like Alabama? Well, we did last year. <laughs> a bunch, right? I mean, except Yeah, for, it felt like it was more like... Like you set them on fire and yes. then you right then, and then Porter drank and watched right, right. and then the kept scoring right. Uh, but there is there is a world out there where we try to stay as base as possible because we feel like eventually our depth is going to win out, which is what we did last year in in several games. Um, I mean, even Tennessee, even though we didn't really have to. Um, yeah, this. This does not feel like a game where we're going to go over there and just blow out to a 24 nothing lead and coast in the South. Wait, that never happens in Columbia. Well, it's not even about Columbia. It's just South Carolina is – they're too potent on offense, I think, for us to do that. Now, the other thing I think for us to watch is that if we get to Bentley early or we pick him off a couple times and see how rattled he gets – and frankly, he hasn't really shown the ability to get rattled, um, then that could, that could change the math. Or – Frankly, we do get the push we didn't see against Austin P, and we're gashing them for eight and nine yards, and some combination of whomever quarterback one is throw, only throws fourteen passes. That's that's a good sign, right? I mean, that's that's about what he threw against Notre Dame. Uh, didn't he throw fourteen or fifteen, something like that? 
So, I mean, this is including a big right with the touchdown to Godwin, but I mean, this is the game to worry about. Like, in all honesty, like, this feels not because that's what it's going to Yeah, for a couple of weeks. Yeah. 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 Like, the point is, is by the time we get to Missouri, we're going to have a yeah, little I guess bit we'll better idea yeah. of what Georgia is. Also, if he shows nothing. It shows, it shows nothing, and by design, I think that's okay. It shows, like, I feel like even as bystanders to that game, you really couldn't take anything from it. It was just really, it was just a, it's just too easy of a game to start, particularly in that kind of heat. I think Georgia's going to be able to do all the things that they need to do to win this game kind of easily. We just haven't seen them yet. We haven't seen them yet because they haven't done anything, and all the questions that, like, the, the reason that Georgia's not ranked number two, in the, uh, was not preseason number two, or it's not preseason, obviously, thought, is... All the questions people had. How's the interior running game? Who's the leaders? How's the secondary holding up? And those questions are still questions. They may have quite definitive answers, and I think they they probably will have definitive answers. But we don't know yet, and you're playing one of the three, probably three toughest games in your schedule this week, and they are super... Super hot. Here's a question. I don't think you're going to get a tougher road crowd than this this year. Probably not. Yeah. Uh, I mean, LSU maybe. Well, I mean, it depends on how they are. Yeah. Yeah. Right, right. yeah. If LSU is, has one loss going in, yes, they're going to have to make them But otherwise, although it's possible there's more Georgia fans at that's the thing. South Carolina is super motivated. Yeah. Like they are. This is their game. Like they've got players that played there seven years ago, guaranteeing victories. That's right. Like yeah. So that's how excited they are. In this game. Well, the, the the one other thing to remember is even when Georgia is running on cylinders last year, for example. It's not like we just run off and leave that. I mean, it was 24-10 last year at home. Two years ago, the hurricane game on Sunday, it was, like, 28. It was one of those closer than it felt. 14 to yeah. really late when, I think, Godwin, right? He returned an onside kick attempt for a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, what, in 15, that was Grayson Lambert's perfect game. Yeah, that's right. Almost perfect game, right? Yeah. Um, so he didn't have any other perfect games. That was the he only one. He had many, 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 many games. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> but, but we, you can't downplay the fact that he does hold that record. Not just, <laughs> it is it is kind of amazing. Um, it is ridiculous. So <laughs> the it's uh, like me suddenly going out and playing like a ten under par golf game, yeah. or playing golf, <laughs> or playing <laughs> golf. Yeah, golf. So the um, if, if I had to say there's one worry about this game is that. We have the game where we don't we don't take care of the football, or we we have a couple of really crazy bouncings. We get a bad targeting call, oh, yeah. something, and if if there's a lack of leadership, that's where it will show. Frankly, that's what happened in 2012. We went over there, we didn't look great, but the game was close, and then suddenly we had some sort of weird bounce thing that broke the game open, and we just fell apart. Next thing you know, it was 28 nothing. See, I mean, just me, like that. That's why I'd like to see this. Actually, I'd like to see them be maybe a little more aggressive in this game. Like I'd actually. Are you like, saying? Are you saying flea flicker a la Mississippi State? I'm. I'm saying that like. Steer into the skin and beat him with your speed. No, I go out, go after him from the beginning and try to pile up a bunch of points from the beginning. I would love that. That yeah. would make me happy, right? Basically, what you're saying, let's Ohio State them. Yeah, right. Go. And, and uh, I mean, the good side of Ohio State all <laughs> scoring. I don't mean all the other bullshit. But, um, I'm sorry. Write that number down. The the thing about it is that I don't I don't know that Kirby has his coaching DNA to do that. Yeah, yeah. right, right. Particularly against Muschamp. Who is like, well, not to say that he's not going to take it easy on him. I just feel like there is a certain, like, I would love to see them. 
fully Tom Herman. Enough. I mean, I I played against Tony in flag football about two or three years ago, and he was he was trying to put the, the pedal down on me. Be nice to Muschamp. No, I'm just saying there's a certain like there's a there's a mindset that each of them have. I mean, Will Muschamp would put a rock in his mom's sack for a sack race. Yeah. So yeah. I'm just saying if Kirby wants to and it's there. Uh, no one's gonna feel bad about it. Right. No, that's I'm, I'm not saying they're friends. I know what you're saying. I'm saying that they had, like they they grew up as coaches together. They go play together. Like they they. In my opinion, that would give you more incentive, like to hey, I'm gonna blow no, your doors off. It's not that. It's not that he's like I don't want to beat him by forty two seven. I would feel bad. It is that you are going up against a coach who has a general similar mentality to you. Right. And so therefore, the same way that like. This is a game you expect to win 24 10, right? Yeah. That's how he expects to win this game. Yeah. I would just love to see a, you know what? You're, not, I'd love to see them go nuts from the beginning yeah. and, and get, get the guys, in, get the guys' feet on the outside, not try to run Harry up the middle and hold the field and establish your dominance. Just go out and go nuts from the beginning. Because you've got the talent to come back if that doesn't go well, yeah. but I suspect it's going to go. Well. Tony, don't you want to see Will Muschamp like I don't know what year, but like when he was the Florida coach, when he's just yeah. you know gritting his teeth I and looking at full on red face grit teeth. Will Muschamp. It is a Muschamp's credit, by the way, that he's like usually uh, as Ron so can attest when you crap out of the Florida job, yeah, you're done. Yeah, and he's oh, not. No, it's a coach after that. <laughs> oh, good one. <laughs> How did he do up there? He went uh, to the Rose Bowl. Oh, that's right. And we didn't because of him. Yes. Well, because of Jim Delaney, but whatever. Well, uh, because Illinois won the Big Ten. And I know, but Georgia should have gone. Illinois finished second-ish in the Big Ten. But they beat the team that won the Big Ten. They did beat the team that won the Big Ten. So, so Auburn is the national champion. That's also the last time Illinois beat a ranked team. Can you believe Are you serious? That was eight, literally the last time. 11 years ago. Yeah, 11 years ago. Was that the last bowl game they went to? No, there was a bowl game uh, to, to the Kraft Fight Hunger Bowl. You know, Fight Hunger. You know, here's no, they went to the Louisiana Tech and they played Louisiana Tech. Game. You know, the funny thing about that day, that was also the day of the Auburn blackout game. 2007? When Ohio State lost to Illinois. Really? It was. And the only reason I know that is that I was playing in the softball tournament on campus down at the Emerald Fields. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, I had a TV out and because I was, I wanted to watch the Georgia Auburn game, and Sue's kept switching over to Illinois Ohio State. I was like, guys, come on, you got to stop this. I'm like, no, 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 we're beating Ohio State. I was like, yeah, but you did you see what's happening? This is a real game, and then, of course we got to see both of those games during the during our softball game. So, That's the only reason I remember that. There's the Illinois minute. Um, <laughs> uh, by the way, Beacon State came back, scored twenty points in the fourth quarter. Yeah, but poor uh, Mikey Dudek. Poor Mikey Dudek. Mikey who's, Dudek. who's Mikey Dudek? Mikey Dudek it was a freshman All American. Yes. He was a freshman All-American wide receiver. Uh, clearly was the one, everyone was like one of the star, like your Julian Edelman in the making, uh, which is clearly what he was going. For his sophomore year, uh, tore his left ACL. For his junior year, tore his right ACL. Kicked in a redshirt year, came back this year, played one game, blew his knee. Yeah. It, Are you serious? It was like the meanest thing. Scott Van Pelt did a whole segment on him on, the, on his sports center last night yeah. about just how cruel of a career he's had. It's wow. been absolutely great. Yeah, that reminds me of, uh, I don't know if you'll remember this name, probably about 15 years ago, Albert Hollis. Yeah, I remember Hollis. Running yeah. back out of yeah. Queens. New Jersey. <laughs> no, no. You know, I, th- I thought of California. I don't know. But anyway, he had all the, all the, you know, the skills in the world and never, never materialized because of all the injuries. Yeah, yeah it's just a bummer. But uh, the point is, is that like, you know, getting back to Georgia, sure. somebody else is this. I think I might be more worried about this game than you guys are, and maybe we'll talk about it when we get to the picks. But 
all the things that we want to see from Georgia, which I think we will see, but we haven't seen them yet. And this is this feels like the worry that everybody had going into the Mississippi State game. Yeah, uh, this feels like hopefully, hopefully I'm wrong, and hopefully this is. We all feel very stupid about being worried about this. I feel very stupid. That's a good point because we really, if you go back and listen to our Mississippi State preview, and you should from last year, we were (laughs) we were pretty uh, pretty uh, bearish on uh, the chances of uh, Georgia doing well in that game, and that's comes out in this game like they did that. uh, They were slinging it, yeah. Then I'm like. Mm, okay, yeah. uh, that is. I'm not worried. I'm not worried. Anymore. And you know, you brought up earlier, like how would Kirby play this game? If you think about it, this is probably the same way that he played against Dan Mullen last year, where they would not even let them score a late gimme touchdown in that Mississippi State game. And that's what I mean is this feels like a definitive. If Georgia loses this game, I don't think they're going to lose this game. But if Georgia loses this game, everyone is going to free out like they're gonna freak out <laughs> yeah. in a way that I think may probably be an overreaction this is still game two of a team that's in transition and against the one time like in South Carolina is amped for this game everything is in, in a vacuum like there's a reason the national guys are all gonna be looking at this game being like hmm this could be an upset game like th- there's a reason they're doing that but so if it happens I We'll get to the end, but I don't think it will. But if it happens, we should not freak out about it. It doesn't mean things are going wrong. It doesn't mean things are falling apart. Weird things happen. This feels like if a, there's a game where weird things are going to happen and go the wrong way, this feels like that. Well, I think 2014 with the phantom holding call on Gurley's touchdown and then the, the storm delay. I mean, it was just, you know, you kind of could feel it falling apart. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. I mean, you're, you're right. It is a house of horrors in williams Bryce Stadium. And I don't want to set it up that we're making excuses, but it's just calling a spade a spade. And, and the part about it that that gives me hope is that we're still a lot more talented than them. Yes. And, and not just not just on the one deep. If we weren't, I would be. Yeah, yeah well, <laughs> I mean, this is a different conversation. That's a whole different conversation. Yeah. But, but not just on one deep, but the two deeps and, and three deeps. And, Frankly, it's Williams-Brice Stadium. It's going to be as hot as it was just by the nature of the place, as it was Saturday. And it's going to be a very different game uh, because, you know, this is the SEC, and it, it gets real. I mean, this is where it starts if you're going to accomplish the things that uh, I think a lot of George fans now expect. You have to win this game. And you're right. I mean, you can lose this game and still accomplish all those things. But it, you're, you've taken the control of that out of your hands if that happens. And it, I think I heard back the last year's starter. Again, I know Appalachian State it was overstated how well they played in that game. But remember, Phil Steele was picking Phil, Appalachian State in that game. Yeah. What Georgia showed in that game was like, oh, this team is not just this team. That's, yeah. Like the whole weight does Kirby know what he's doing? There was the media issue and all that stuff. That game definitively like, nope. Kirby Smart knows what he's doing, and this team is going to be really good. Even if they lose Notre Dame, this is not going to be an embarrassment. This is not going to go pear-shaped like Muschamp at Florida. And he'd lost his starting quarterback in the first year. Yeah, also in the beginning of that game, right. And so that's the thing is, but we haven't, so that, so no matter what happened to Notre Dame, you knew, okay, this team is good, things are on the right track. We don't know any of that yet because Austin P gave us no information whatsoever. Yeah, And that's, I mean, to get back to the question you originally asked 20 minutes ago. What should Georgia fans look for here? What we should look for are signs of the team we saw last year. Resilient, 
doesn't doesn't make dumb mistakes. Comes out and plays hard for the snap. Lifts each other up, and even if you get behind or, or look like you're struggling, somebody steps up and makes a play. You know, that's one of the things that, that I made a note on. You do want to see a big difference. South Carolina was penalized nine times for 109 yards last week. They do that against Georgia. You just give us 109 <laughs> yards. We'll take it. They'll be able to allow it. Yeah. Period. I mean, there's no way around that because Georgia is Georgia is a team. I mean, Kirby Smart's philosophy as a team is that we're going to make every mistake you make. It's going to cost you. Period. Full stop. And we don't care what the mistake is. It could be wearing the wrong size helmet. We're going to make you pay for it. Speaking of helmet. <laughs> I saw his I saw the ears. So for the first time. He's literally wearing the first time. So first, first time since uh, Will, Will Cuss a few minutes ago, uh, Scott will cut. <laughs> I did cuss. It was amazing. Yeah, yeah, you did. But no, um, South Carolina's helmets are different. They do no, they, they do no longer. They no longer have that block C. They have Carolina spelled out in cursive, and it reminds you. I, I think Chick Fil A might want a copyright infringement because that C looks just like the C in Chick Fil A. I have a couple of questions because I yeah. really like. Did they spell them properly? <laughs> it's cursive, and nobody writes or reads cursive anymore. So I'm not sure, but it just says Carolina. And to me, the, the second question happens. Yeah, go ahead. Do they get to write it if it's in cursive? It's stamp. It's a sticker. You know, it's a it's a decal. Oh, so they outsource it. No one. I think they got it. I think they got it from Chick Fil A because y'all go check it out. It looks like the C from Chick Fil A. But you know, that's just me being obsessive over uh, uniforms and the way they revealed it. I don't get this either. It's the same way Miami did. They had a they had a South Carolina playing player emerging from the water like it's Jason out of like you know one of the Friday Thirteen movies. Was it coming out of the Santee Cooper River? Because that's a very different thing. They come out of water. I don't Beach. know. <laughs> no, it was not South Beach. It was coming out of a lake. Yeah, Santee Cooper is. The- Maybe that's it. Oh my god! I don't know. Probably had moss and. Big catfish. Yeah, I can I can cross that off of my notes of yes. things to yes. definitely not miss. Let's not, yes, let's not. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, one other thing that I wanted to mention is that I know I'm guilty of this uh, talking about Georgia's schedule all preseason, and I know that a lot of the cultural pundits have also talking about it. But I saw a tweet, and, my, and I'm reading from my phone. That's why I hear the feedback. I saw a tweet earlier today by uh, Andrew Hall. Um, at dude, dude, you crazy? Yeah, he he made a good point. He said Georgia has four games against ranked opponents left on its schedule, beginning this week with South Carolina. Does anyone in the top ten have more than that? Asking on behalf of Bulldogs' week schedule. And there's two, there's four ranked teams on the Bulldog schedule out of the next eleven games. We wouldn't have thought that. It's almost like what we had last year going, where we were saying, "Oh, this schedule and everything." I think we're going to be—I um, wouldn't say pleasantly is the right adjective, but just surprised of how tough this schedule, this 2018 schedule, is going to end up being. With how LSU looked, uh, the moxie of South Carolina that's going to happen, and then going up to Columbia and Missouri, you might even find them ranked even with one loss after Georgia hopefully beats them uh, as the year goes on. Yeah, like wait until Florida and Tennessee. Sure. <laughs> wait until that starts. <laughs> That's a whole different, whole different thing. So, I mean, I mean, you know, this time last year we're looking ahead at Mississippi State and we're like, oh boy, Mississippi State can't wait for that game, and they they were a different team. So things do change, and the good news is, is you know, however you want to look at this, if you want to start putting chickens or eggs before they hatch or however that goes, um, you know, the the, the committees do t- pay attention to how teams end up, not how media thought they were going to start. So. Or 
podcasters. Or podcasters. Yeah. Well, podcasters are always right. Available. Well, do you want to make picks? Yeah, so why don't we do that? And, and then we'll make a game pick. Because, you know, we didn't make our game predictions last week. I had oh, to yeah. do that on the outro. Yeah, so I did, because we didn't, I made a point of, um, in keeping with my... Um, in keeping with my, my foundational start, we're doing 10 games. I'm trying to stay away from blowouts, even if they're SEC blowouts. I did not put Georgia-South Carolina on there on purpose because I knew we would actually pick that game. And frankly, I found last year 99% of the time people pick Georgia. Yeah. Anyway, so it's not... To be fair, Georgia was really good last year. Well, I get that, but and even the case, that was the case even in years before. Yeah. Before we do our picks, I would like to go over the standings after week one. Okay, good. I did a little bit of um, okay. research, and um, I picked FSU. And- do you want me to start at the top or the bottom? Uh, you start at the bottom because I know where I am. <laughs> well, um, the the lowest that I saw of some of a name that I recognized, uh, maybe on our Twitter feed, poor one out for Shan up in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, he ranks one hundred sixty third. He went four and six and has out twenty of, out of out of what one ninety something. Oh, yeah, something like that. Yeah, no, I don't know how many total, but that's a lot. Yeah. It's pretty good. But uh, yeah, he has 24 points just to kind of get a barometer. And then uh, the fur- the other further down person would be uh, Tyler Dogden. I mean, you went 7-3. and three, Yes. But with the confidence points, you only had uh, 33 points. Yes. But you are in good company because you're tied with Bernie Dog yes. at 33 yes. points as well. Um, we, did not, we did not work on our picks. <laughs> and then you move on up to uh, UGA Carey. She's disappointed after week one. She comes in ranked at 102. She went 5-5. Five and five. How is she ahead of you? I guess her confidence How points were better. Uh, she has 30, 36 points. And then um, you keep cruising on up the board, and there's Will sitting there, 7-3 and three last week with 40 points ranked in the 73rd spot. And then sitting there at 41, not too far off the lead, I went 6-4 and four on my picks. Um, but with my confidence picks that I did not move, I kept them as is, as I always do, I got 43 points. And the big leader, in case you're wondering, is CPA Dog, which I think is a testament uh, because he's good with numbers. Um, he went 10-0 and 0 and has 55 points. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah, yeah, that's a fallacy right there or some kind of uh, like Pythagorean fallacy. He be horrible at numbers. And if he goes that, he's going to be fine. The system adds it up. So I was thinking, I wanted to get y'all's um, permission first. So I was thinking for one week only, South Carolina game, whoever, whomever, comes in first gets a waiting since last saturday t-shirt you mean for the week for the week just okay. this one week for the one week yeah, yeah. this and yeah i, think I don't know how we'll figure out how they claim it but yeah so all we have are extra larges and larges okay, so, so if you're if you can't fit in it then give it to a friend that yeah, goes you can't fit in it, start eating. <laughs> start eating. or start losing weight or i'll or, yeah I'll, I'll i'll start eating so, yeah, that'll be the thing. Whomever comes in first place for week two okay. for their picks, and, and we're, we'll go with point totals because you can go five and five like me and be ahead of other people. Um, we will get you. This also means the tiebreaker counts this week. Yeah, so yeah. we're going to get you. Yeah, so there, there's there's some motivation right there because uh, you get one of those sweet waiting since last Saturday T-shirts. All right, y'all want to do the picks? Sure. All right, Saturday. What do picks mean? <laughs> Saturday. Uh, all right, here we go. I got to keep y'all in line here. Okay, Saturday at uh, 11 a.m. Central, Arizona at Houston. I tell you, I was disappointed by Kevin Sumlin's debut last week. 
I'm taking Houston. I have to. Potential World Series matchup. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I'm. Uh, Houston should be a National I'm League team. Houston. They used to be a National uh, League They should still be. Yeah. Same reason Missouri should be in the Big 12. Kentucky at Florida. Is this the year? <laughs> no, I don't think so. I think that, uh, no. Yes. Fine. Take Kentucky. Finally. It's the year. I mean, a nice start for the, for the new guys. He finally. Would you say that maybe Kentucky feels the same way that you were describing South Carolina? Like, if you're going to get the Gators. Well, no, because you're not. No, like that was last year. <laughs> last year. <laughs> and they almost did. Like, honestly, they knew there was no way they were going to do better than they did last year. Yeah. Like, okay. at least now they've got a new coach who actually knows what he's doing. And, and they didn't look half bad. They, I know they played nobody, but they didn't look half bad in that game. Finish down goes off. Okay. All right. I'm going to take Florida as well. Um, Georgia Tech at South Florida. I mean, did anybody, if Georgia Tech plays a football game and nobody sees it, does it really happen? Um, who, what's the spread on that game? Uh, Tech is favored by three and a half. They blew out uh, Alcorn State 41 nothing. Okay. Yes. Uh, the, the, the worry about this game is South, is, is South Florida looking ahead to their game at Soldier Field against Illinois on oh. Saturday. Uh, in this game, I have to say this feels like one of those years where Georgia Tech is a little bit better than it's supposed to be, just to keep his job. Yeah. So I think they win. I'm going to take Tech. I agree. Mississippi State at Kansas State. <laughs> yeah, Kansas State. Yeah, how about that? Kansas State just barely escaped. What a great week, by the way, South to be Dakota. a football fan in Kansas. in Kansas to lose to barely beat South Dakota and then to lose. To Nichols. Are the South Dakota the Jackrabbits or they the, I think uh, the South Dakota State is the Jack No, South, South, no, South Dakota State bison. is the bison. South Dakota is the bison. Okay, this is South Dakota State, I believe, Jack is the Jackrabbits. Okay. The rabbits of Jack. But uh, I uh, I feel like Mississippi State might put like a serious hurt on them in this game. Yeah. Um give me the fight and Joe Moorheads. The fight and I like that. I'm gonna go with uh, Joe Moorhead State as well. Having an awesome year in his first year for Mississippi State. Yeah. That would be great. I mean, look, they're both... Mississippi State and Mississippi have gone from a fairly unlikable person to a... Depending on how you want to view him, somebody that is just, you know, not genuine in a certain <laughs> way to two characters, right? I mean, Luke is a character... In, in a whole different way than Moorhead's a character. Yeah. So I, I think it's good for the egg ball. I think so. Yeah, give me this some uh, This is a kind of a throwback matchup. You got Colorado at Nebraska. This used to be played the Thanksgiving weekend. Did it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, back when those kind of awesome games happened. Now Nebraska travels to Rutgers and things like that. Uh, Nebraska's favored by five and a half. They, don't, they didn't really play a game. They kind of played a game. Nebraska and Akron, they got, start? It got they canceled. Start? Yeah. I don't, I don't know. know. I don't I don't know. They, they said they might would make it up if it matters. <laughs> oh, you mean the FSU rule? <laughs> is that what it is? Can we keep our streak going, please? Yes. please. Also, maybe the streak ends this year. Yeah. <laughs> so you got Scott Frost or uh, Bill McCartney? <laughs> Bill McCartney. Yes. Older baseball. Um, <laughs> can you keep that promise? That's yeah. the question. Wow. What are you talking about, McCartney? Uh, give me Colorado. Give me Nebraska. All right. Uh, UMass at Georgia Southern. Okay. Obviously, I picked this game because UMass is on the schedule. Georgia Southern got the shot off the back last week by beating up on um, Division 
five <laughs> um, IKEA State. I don't Literally, know. South Carolina State. They, they, I think they actually beat uh, Barrow, Barrow. Uh, my kids' Wonder, school. Wonder uh, oh, over yeah. there, they don't even actually. Uh, actually, they're all seven. Years well, they better if they're going to get a win. They better get it this week because they go up to Death Valley next week. Yes, Georgia Southern does. Yeah. I'm, I'm taking. I'm taking Georgia Southern. I'm going to take UMass. I mean, how can you ignore sixty something points that they scored against? I don't know some Northeast Duquesne. school. Yeah, is that what it was? Yes, do Quesney. Yes, uh, I'm taking Georgia Southern. All right, uh, Penn State at Pittsburgh. Penn State is an eight and a half point favorite. Think of how much they would have been favored if they had won easily. I am not willing to, and I of course left this game on here because it was interesting to me. But it's also, I mean, Penn State has a lot of talent, but man, they. They like poorly coached most of the game against a scrappy App State team. A team, no, App State is the second youngest team in the country. Yes, you saw that. Sound? Oh yeah, they are the literally the second youngest team. Guess what number the youngest team is? Illinois. 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 And uh, App State is the second youngest team in the country, and that is kind of amazing. To, like we're totally excusing every crappy thing that Illinois does because they're so young. I'm saying the second young and almost won at Penn State, so that speaks very well for them moving forward. I'm willing to say that um, an Arduzzi coached pit team is going to um, win this game five to three. Everyone keeps waiting for Narduzzi to do the Narduzzi thing for Pittsburgh. He kind of hasn't. Yeah, like he kind of hasn't. So I think this feels like a Pitt State shaking off the cobwebs last week and crushing. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, if it were late in the season and Penn State was actually playing for something right then and there, Pitt would win because that's what they did against Clemson and then right. Mark Rick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm going to go with Penn State. All right. Southern Cal at Stanford. So it's not one of those super late Pac-12 games. I'm uh, curious. Does it say 2030 there? Yeah. All right. Look at them. It's doing great. Yeah. I'm getting better on military time. <laughs> That's God's time, by the way. It's It'll still be sunny out there. Don't get confused, guys. Um, give me Southern Cal. Uh, this feels like after Washington's loss, whoever yeah. wins this game is they their only to. kind of hope yeah. to, uh, to get in the playoff. I will take Southern Cal. I'm going to take Southern Cal as well, even though I don't know. I couldn't name a single person on their team. Who's quarterback for them? O.J. Simpson. O.J. Jake Darnold. Orenthal James. All right. Uh, Tell you, that t- kid's got a chance to cross over. To- I didn't watch one of these teams last week, and I watched the other one. And the one that I did watch looked terrible. Michigan State is going to Arizona State. So you've got a whole bunch of craziness going. <laughs> Grumpy Mark D'Antoni is going down to Coach Herm Edwards Stadium. And Arizona State's 1-0, Michigan State's 1-0, but they looked terrible. I think it's Michigan State. I, I, listen... It, what a great subplot would be if Herm Edwards just turns Arizona State awesome. Like, that would be amazing, right? It would, like, totally turn... Because remember, like, the whole Herm Edwards thing is what we're trying to do at Arizona State is not have lunatics like Nick Saban and Kirby Smart run our teams. Where I'm the CEO, and I'm delegating, and I'm a media dude. Like what the Yankees have with Aaron Boone. Uh, I don't think that's going to work at all. But it would be amazing if it actually did. I think that dream kind of ends here. I think Michigan State rebounds in a similar way to Penn State and crushes them. I've long said that either Arizona State wins a national championship and remakes the way people think about who they hire as a coach. <laughs> yeah. Or they're just hiring dudes that are good on TV. This so is now going to be a terrible, terrible, terrible mistake. Um, having said that, uh, 
I agree. Michigan State. I think Arizona State. I'm going to pick them. Ooh, All right, last game, uh, Clemson at Texas A&M. <laughs> I mean, you have to pick Clemson. I, you, can't, you can't not pick Clemson. I mean, but there is a car crash. Um, there is a car crash thing here that makes you wonder, right, exactly why. Well, I mean, because Texas A&M wins this game – I mean, changes everything. Everything, everything changes. Everything, yeah. Right. Um, and frankly, if Clemson wins and wins big, you're already going to have people at the at the, asking for Jimbo to throw his Christmas tree out. So, <laughs> I mean, it's just. I mean, really, can you imagine Texas A&M wins this game? I was going to. I mean, in all honesty, like everything that you think that you know, everything is wild. Right. And, and we go back to the 2011 SEC is forever and ever the king of all of college yeah. football. Right? What time is this game? <laughs> Carry the one. 12 minus 19 is 7. It's on ESPN. Yeah. That's good. ESPN. So, Entertainment Sports Programming Network. So, that just leaves Georgia, South Carolina, right? Yeah, yeah. You have any reviews? You, you have a list of men's trivia? No reviews. Where are your reviews? No, we didn't We didn't get any. Actually, you know what? We so did we get. Into the do, do, can you. Can you do some fill talk while not not P H I L F I L L talk um, while I pull this up? Well, my friend Philip is among my favorite people. Hello, Phil. One Bill. Yeah, we also didn't. We did. We also didn't talk about Northwestern beating Purdue. <laughs> don't trust Purdue, people. Maybe I'll give guy a mail in a minute. Sure. I thought you, you already had it. You can have your second minute. Illinois, fifteen seconds. Uh, they host Western Illinois uh, this week. The Leathernecks. There, the, for the record, there is not a high marine population at Western Illinois and Macomb, but for some reason they've taken the Leathernecks name. That's a coal mining thing, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it has nothing to do with the Marines, but nevertheless, when you think of Leathernecks, you don't think of Western Illinois. You think of. But anyway, right. Illinois is going to go two and zero this week, and then they get uh, South Florida after they get beaten down. You know what I need to get? Is there a guy named Phil on Western Illinois' team? There, probably. There. You know what I need to get? I need to get. Now, let me ask you this: I just totally lost my train of thought. Do the Leathernecks have a helmet with like goggles propped up on the helmet? Not that would really be cool. Oh, okay. Like you know, like a like a like a pilot yeah. the, back yeah. in the like a biplane pilot. You think that John Wayne the flying Leathernecks? Yeah, yeah, that would be cool. Uh, okay, so we got two reviews. Okay. Um, five star review. Yeah. Title of it is top notch. Really enjoyed this podcast and the guys. The work? That's From cool. C Lark. Whatever. Like okay. is it? Yeah. All reviews are gold. Yes. All reviews are gold. Yeah. He yeah. actually yeah, he, he came and tailgated with us at the um, George Kentucky game a few years ago. Just oh. randomly saw a call on Twitter and showed up and it was Can we include fun. Tom Crean as part of the people that have tailgated with us? Yes, yes. Oh, and and so. will continue to tailgate with us. Yes. Absolutely. Y'all are gonna be best buds by the end of the season, I guarantee you. We'll see. Oh, before before we get to the next review, I will forget if I don't mention it now. But since you mentioned Tom Crean, October fifth, the basketball team, the men's and women's, are hosting something called Stegmania. Yeah, yes. it's a play on WrestleMania, and if you see the logo, you can kind of see the WrestleMania esque logo in that. I think that's going to be fantastic. They're going to have a dunk competition between the guys and a three point competition between the ladies, and they're going to be giving out Bojangles. The first 150 or 1,500 people or whatever it is that are going to be there. So, uh, not CPA dog. We know that now. Um, <laughs> it's another example. It's another example of why. Yeah. What Creed's doing, man? Like this is like listen. 
for the record. Instead of Midnight Madness, you have this big thing called Stegmania. I feel obliged to point out that wrestling is bad for the world and stupid and silly, but whatever, that's just me. We like it down here. But, like, I know people, they like it everywhere. Yeah, I get you. And, uh, but... I don't like it, but everyone else seems to Did like you ever it. see Monday Nitro and, like, Dubuque, Iowa? It's crazy. I mean, they're putting it on freaking Sports Center. It should not be on Sports Center. Anyway, the point is... I agree. That part I agree. Anyway, the point is, is it is exactly the type of... Like, it's just another example of the type of thing you need to be doing. I'm going to a wedding that weekend, so I'm missing... Fall weddings. I have two fall weddings. Uh, How many do you have, Tony? None. I don't either. I mean, maybe there people just know not to invite me, but I'm not going. What is this weekend? Fine. What is literally this weekend? It will be. I feel obliged, but this will get us into our pay. Oh, this review, and then we'll go into this. Okay, cliffhanger there. All right. Yeah. Put your on. All right. This is from this is from Lena Ruski. Okay. Five star review. Uh, title of it is Truer Words. The title of this podcast is so perfect. As it describes this human's plight and condition, I eagerly await the release of each episode. I am a Georgia fan living outside the promised land up here in Ohio. I'm seeking more and more Bulldog fans each week, it seems. This podcast is a tie to home, a lifeline to my people, a connection that runs so deep. Listening to Scott, Tony, and Will hash it out each week is a joy. While I listen to most episodes while driving to and from work or cutting the grass, I still love hearing the clink of ice and thick glasses with that nectar of life bourbon. Keep up the good work, gentlemen. Yours are the voices I choose to hear week in and week out. Go dogs. I would say that might be my platonic ideal of the movie. Yeah. Like that's awesome. a wonderful review. Thank I mean, you. as long as it was properly proved. But yes. Yeah. What was it? Well, who's that? Lena Ruski, five star review. Awesome. Thank you, Mr. Ruski. I think Wurski. No, it's Wurski. His, so his first name is Laner. Okay. <laughs> or is it Lane R? There's several <laughs> lanes, but he is Laner. Yeah. He is, he is probably the most Laner. He is of all. He is. He brought the most Lane. So, uh, for the record, uh, are you going this weekend? Is anybody I going? I am not going. No, uh, no, 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 no. My daughter Katie has her first football game. It is in Tacoa at... Um, whatever time Tacoa? Tacoa, yeah. Oh, so Stevens going, County, huh? up there playing at... Uh, they call it the reservation. Stevens County. Yeah, they're the Chiefs. Yeah, is that what they are? Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm assuming some Indian thing. Wow, that feels sad. It's the Warriors versus the Chiefs. Kind of feels like something. I don't want to be high here. Kind of feels like something they need to work. Their their helmets look like the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah. Stevens well, County. That, I mean, that's again. Like you know, I'm not trying to be. You know, Johnny Snowflake here, but so. that just kind of feels like something in 20 years of one. So having having said all of that, <laughs> I am I am not going. Um, I had an opportunity to go. One of our listeners, actually, Edgar Smith, uh, invited me to go. He has unfortunately married into a South Carolina family. Um, but the good news is just they have, he married into, if there's such a thing, a good South Carolina family. They have, you know, I wouldn't say a cockaboose, but they have a legitimate tailgate place with flush toilets, not in the back of a warehouse. Mm-hmm. And when I say in the back of a warehouse, I don't mean like a space inside the warehouse. I mean, a place where they run the rats and the homeless out of a warehouse <laughs> where they tailgate. Um, but the, uh, I gotta get there. Like it's frustrating. Me well, I gotta, I gotta get out. Well, I tell you, we'll go, we'll go in a couple of years, yeah. but it's cause I know when I was coming, when I was coming, when I was coming last it's so close. It is so close. Yeah. That's what kind of blew me away. Cause I, when I remember when I was coming to the election a couple of years ago, right yeah. before we had the ongoing American nightmare. And, um, and I spent a lot of time in South Carolina yeah. because of the primaries that year. And I made sure I covered a Bernie event in, in, in Columbia, and I made sure to go see the football season. Yeah. 
So I really, like, it was early, I just had some, and I went down there, I saw the little caboose, I saw the little thing over there, and it really, like, made me desperately want to get to a game. So it made me, like... So, uh, you know, the, the best way I can explain it, and I'm probably the only way I can explain it, is I went over there the first time with Tiffany and Wayne. Is this the rave? Yes. So Tiffany and Wayne have been to many, many, many games over there. We pull up, we pay for, you know, $20 for our parking spot, and we back up to the side of the warehouse, literally the side of the warehouse, on the asphalt, and they started raving about how awesome the tailgate spot was. And like, you're not serious. Because, you know, they're, they're prone to sarcasm. And um, it's, uh, no, they were sincere because they, quote unquote, had shade. So we left, we, we had to walk through a warehouse we're 95% certain uh, that was Slim was playing later that night. Um, and it was, I mean, that was the 2012, the 35-7 game. And it's just like, it was, it was crazy. The other part about it, and, and this is, this is not, look, fan bases are passionate in the SEC, and I'm willing to accept that. But South Carolina fans are irrationally um, arduous about their team particularly if they're ahead. And they're worse when they're, they're not. I mean, they literally do have the attitude of Notre Dame in the history of Wake Forest. And that makes it a really hard thing. It really does. It just makes it a really hard thing to go in and out of there because it is, I can't take credit for that, but I will absolutely repeat it for the rest of my life. Um, but it is, it is not, it's not a pleasant place. The people aren't pleasant. It's not the individual people aren't pleasant. It's just that as a mass, South Carolina fans aren't pleasant to deal with inside the stadium or frankly outside of. Um, and, and not, you know, not to mention it's just not for nothing. You, well, I didn't say it. You said it. No, I, you I wish you would there. say. It. Nope. I think let's just say, like we can freaking say whatever the hell we want. Not for nothing is a perfectly reasonable transition. I love it. Nope. I refuse to. Let's be clear. I think you should say it more. I have. I put my heels. In Listen, in a macro sense, <laughs> it's totally. <laughs> So that is why it's worth going over there once, but that is also why I'm not making a special effort to go. Right, right, right. Understood. So it's worth knowing that I will be at my sister's wedding. Yeah. We'll be watching the first half. No spoilers. With my I uh, watched no, I'm no. not I'll, I'll go my friend. It's a short wedding. It's not yeah. a religious ceremony, so yeah. we'll be in and out real I assume there's weightlifting and stuff. <laughs> yeah, there is. There will be lots of weightlifting, lots of people uh, lifting things with their teeth. Um the, I will say just recently the we the I found that the group is wearing a colored shirt, which is uh, there was some intense lobbying. Uh, but it's actually, and I'm very fond of the group. I'm very excited. I'm very fond. I've written my speech for my uh, for my sister's uh, Good. for the dinner. Are you the best? Thing. Right. I'm not, I know. I'm the honor. I'm an usher. I'm an usher, um, which I feel like is the wedding equivalent of a pallbearer. Like you're like there for it, but you're not like in the receiving line, right? That's basically what it is, which is fine. That's good. That's why it's. All. I don't need to be closer. Like I don't want to shake everybody's hand all night. I just go and like get people. You want to hug on them? Yeah, I don't want to hug them. I, no, I definitely don't want to hug them. In a weird way, you're the designated survivor. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's good. Okay. Yes, yes. Anyway, the point is, is I will be along with my wife, who is much more frustrated about this than uh, anyone in my family can yeah. understand. Oh, she's good people, and uh, that. We, I got. It's worth noting if you don't have the CBS app, it's hard to watch games on your phone oh, out of market because the CBS app does not accept Charter Spectrum. If you are a Charter Spectrum uh, subscriber, you cannot watch games on your phone because CBS app does not accept that for their new CBS TV thing. So we're going to have to find 
a TV somewhere. I'm sure there's a pirated feed somewhere. Hopefully it's 28 7 at halftime and we can just like do yeah. occasional updates. Yeah. But uh, yes, this is one of the two games this year that I will not be watching because there are weddings. Uh, oh, sorry, man. The other one is the Vanderbilt home game. Yeah. Home? Yes. Yes. And this is a home game. Well, well, that is also the night before. That that is also the day after uh, Segmania. Yeah. So yes, that's why I'm missing Segmania. Yeah. Huh. We'll, we'll we'll chat about that off what the air. What is in Maine? Like, do you think they even know what Maine. Maine is in Maine? Well, they do have the, the, the bears. bears. Yeah. Yeah. The Maine Bears. Maine Bears. Okay. You guys can't make fun of me for like the Illinois football when you guys are defending the Maine Bears. <laughs> I think oh. they play the Vermont Catamounts this week. Catamounts. Yeah, the Vermont yeah. Catamounts. So we ha- so I, I forgot how to do this. We just predict the game now, right? Oh yeah, I, I almost wanted to sign off. I'd yeah, forgotten yeah. about it. Yeah, go ahead. Um, or I'll, I'll start. Okay. I, I actually wrote down I something. You have eight or ten trivia questions. No, no. It's been a It's been a rough week in the best way. I've been super busy doing all kinds of stuff, awesome. and I just didn't have time to do much show prep. So you know, okay. hey, life's good. Um, do you want to plug anything? No, no, not yet. I got. I just got some things in the works. You got some things in the yeah, works. Yeah, I'll plug them later. Yeah, look around. Oh yeah, no, that's not. Oh, I'm glad I didn't write it on my calendar. Tony's head immediately went to my big calendar. That needs to be updated. Beyonce video. That's amazing. Congratulations. Yeah. I don't think. It's, I think it says bouncy video. Yeah, it says bouncy. Oh, that's yeah. Hope that's No, no. Okay, so I. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> or, or not. See, I don't, Sorry, I don't want you have to write the time down. No, I know. I, and I, I do appreciate it. Um, this game, we, we've rehashed it. Uh, it could be tough. It could be easy. It could go any which way. Will thinks that it tends to be the type of time of season or year or whatever. I'm trying to say that South Carolina needs to get Georgia if they're going to get them. I think this game's going to be a lot like the Oklahoma game. The Alabama game, I'm not saying it overtime. The Notre Dame game of 2017, of 2017. The Missouri game of 2016, close. Super close. Pull your hair out, wring your hands, drive yourself crazy close. Uh, in fact, I'll give a little caveat here. My middle child, Walker, he has a distinct outer monologue when watching games and can't handle himself. Uh, he was asked to leave the room, I think, three times last year during the George Auburn game in Jordan Hare, just because it was just getting too much for us. All of his uh, uh, just yeah. talking out, yeah, that that's the perfect word for it. Yeah, um, raising him right. That's basically what I'm doing. Um, so I think the dogs are going to win a close one. Last minute could be dogs win twenty five twenty three. Oh, and I also have a note right here. This has this is a non sequential. Um, non sequitur. Non sequitur. Yeah. Happy birthday to Barry Loudus, UGA oh, Carey's husband. Loudus. Yes. Loudus. Wait, when is his actual birthday? Today, right now, as we record. Yeah. So happy birthday, Barry. It showed up on my LinkedIn. It showed up on my. Some, some reason, Barry's. It's on my calendar. He is a Kansas fan, so he. No, he's an Alabama fan. Oh, no. He is an Alabama fan. Okay. Wow. He is an oh. Alabama fan. Yes. I'd keep no, that in mind. No, I would not. Should I mute that? I mean, he's is not that. He's not an Alabama fan. Is that well known? Is he like. 
grew up with Alabama football. Uh, like our friend Madadere. He grew up with Alabama football, so I credit him for being yeah. an Alabama football fan. He's not a Alabama fan because he, he was seduced no. by no. Alabama fans. <gasps> Even though he is married to UGA Carey. No. He also roots for the Yankees or the Red Sox in all training years. So yes, and the dealer and Blackjack fans. Is he a Lakers fan because LeBron's there now? I'm sure. Uh, listen, Barry's an awesome. Barry's an <laughs> I know, player. I know. He's a great awesome dude. But yes, I just to know that. Yeah. I literally don't understand. Like, I, I, so you I feel bad because he can't. Barry can't defend himself right now. He can leave a four-star review. Barry's oh. like a media executive. Yeah, totally destroy us all. That's true. Um, but anyway, so the point is, oh, I've done a good enough job. I should, yes, I should, I should. Happy birthday, Barry. We birthday, we love Barry. you. We mean Happy the birthday. mean the best. Happy birthday, Barry. You are history's greatest monster. <laughs> Um, okay, so um, anyway, so um, okay, so my turn for the pick. I really love it. I had a great time from Barry Terry. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, the point is, I talked up my fear about this game uh, in such a profound way that I'm actually going to go the other direction. <laughs> sure. Uh, I'm actually going to go the other way. It feels like if things turn the wrong way, this is the way it could. Like I'm kind of painting the nightmare scenario in this game, which sees, and frankly painting the South Carolina fanfic here, that's what they imagine this all going. I actually think that they, the smart play here is what they're going to do, because the one thing we've learned from the Georgia coaching staff is the smart play is actually usually what they do. Yeah. I think that they don't do what Agent Muschamp is expecting, and you try to grind it out and do a 28 to to 10 uh, crock pot get them in the second half I think they floor it from the beginning they go after them early they take advantage of the speed that South Carolina does not have and I think they actually take them out pretty quick I am ta- I am going 31 to 10 wow I like it so based on what you're, you're calling essentially the, the, the Mississippi State from last year yeah um, basically a good team that gets knocked on its heels by George's overwhelming talent. Yeah. So, I, I guess I'm going to split the baby. Um, I, I, I see what you're talking about happening in the second half. I see the first half. It, uh, it's just because, it's, again, it's baked in the DNA. It's the right way I keep looking at it. Um, it didn't surprise me, at least. This game's close at halftime. Uh, you know, 10, 14 to 7, something like that. 17, 17, 10. Uh, and George, of course, will through the second half. And which of course is just enough to get get national riders and pundits uh, wringing their hands over whether Georgia is actually a team that can do whatever they, it is they think they can do. Overall, being a you know somewhere in the neighborhood of you know thirty three to ten, thirty three fourteen. Um, overall, a, a game at the end will be like, well, that wasn't nearly as bad as I had imagined. I'm very uncomfortable with the idea that Scott is a skeptic on this. Yeah, it doesn't happen often. No, no, I just it's just kind of a feel because yeah, a feel. So we've got two comfortable victory predictions, and then we have one which is mine. We got Johnny Downer, but I I predicted them to win. It's just going to be. But you know, think about when you do have those victories, like that Missouri win. Even though that was a tough year, that that last second win. I had a great night after that. I mean, those those will really set your set your night on fire. I mean, yeah, you know. So you're talking about the Rose Bowl? Are you talking yeah. about my sister's wedding? Because we could yes. use like a little fire. You could use a little bit. No, I'm, I I just think it's going to be a, an all timer CBS three thirty. No, he does grind he does him. Crossfit, he doesn't like power lift. Yeah. No, I did uh I did power snatches today. 
That's what? I did power snatches. I had to do 30 power oh, snatches. You need to write that time down. This is a new era. You can't really touch it anymore. It's, it, it's a power snatch. It goes right over your head. You can see it. I'm going to giggle now. <laughs> anyway. Okay. That's enough. If it's just a snatch, it, you, you oh, have to no, use, you have to you squat. You have to go to the floor if it's just a snatch. Power snatches, you I catch it in the power I position. You hear the word anymore. It's upsetting. Okay. You uh, CrossFitters will know what I'm talking about. I'm sure they, yes. Change the term. So, uh, good luck, everyone. Enjoy watching the end of the game, unlike me, because my dosh darn sister is getting married. Otherwise, hey, go dogs. Go dogs. And thanks so much for listening. You heard it correctly. If you're in the Fun Office Pool College Pick'em Contest, we are going to send the Week 2 winner a Waitin' Since Last Saturday podcast t-shirt. So make sure you get your picks in by Thursday and hit us up on Twitter if you have any comments or questions for us. Our handle is at WSLS Podcast. Check us out on Facebook and Instagram as well. Same handle. And maybe you don't compete in the College Football Pick'em Contest or don't think you'll win. I know I don't think I will if I were competing for it. Um, you can always purchase one of our Next Level Tri-Blend t-shirts on our website, which is wslspodcast.com. So that's it. Thanks for all the podcast reviews. Keep them coming and have a great rest of your week. Safe travels to Columbia, and we'll see you back on campus next week. Go dogs! Wire dangling, just tucked into his pocket. Our little <laughs> play in, uh, replay of WWE Monday Night Nitro um, from like sometime in the late 80s, early 90s. Yeah. He, the sum total of his coaching up as... The best I could tell was him yelling, let's go. Like, and that was like, and I don't speak Cajun, but that's what it looked like. I, you know what I liked? I liked how he punched all three timeouts in the first quarter. <laughs> you know what? He kept that part less off the book. We're not making fun of Coach Earl, are we? I think it's one of his career. Dude, he, he, called, he called three timeouts within four minutes. And there was still three minutes left in the first quarter. I was like, he's a tough coach. Oh, you can use all six of them. Of course, Margaret, Margaret's timeout had her. Um, he, of course, did not call one. Um, so, oh, oh, boy. So, we, we got some stuff to talk about that happened on Sunday and Monday, right? Yeah, we did. And we actually didn't hear it. I mean, y'all might have. I didn't, I didn't pay attention after y'all hung up on me. Um, <laughs> It's true. It's a good thing too because it went off. Scott wrote down a lot of times to bleep out stuff. Oh, the the last the last preview show I had five edits to make. (laughs) Well, Scott, it just it just happens. We should. I think we should record. Did you you take out the boner part? I don't. I did. We're so early in this, I can just start over. I'm not 100%. I have at least three people ask me what you said. <laughs> you know, I just don't remember. It sounded like ding or something. I don't know. Okay, so we'll start over. So you have to. Well, no, that's fine.